0: Overboard is a treasured romantic comedy of the 1980s starring a real-life Hollywood couple who are national treasures themselves, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell.
1: And if you're my age and you watch it, you realize that rich people really haven't changed much, but we can find psychotic ways to get back at them. This is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts.
0: And I'm Tara McNamara. Overboard is about a woman who in the 1980s we would refer to as a rich bitch who condescends to a handyman and then refuses to pay him for his work. So when she gets amnesia, he comes up with a scheme to get her to work off the money she owes him. He claims her as his wife and he has her cook clean and take care of his four wild boys all while she thinks they're married and this is her family.
1: All in all, the film is basically about a woman who's rude and entitled, and nobody really likes her, including her husband, who just leaves her for dead. So a guy kidnaps her, enslaves her, and basically tricks her into having sex with him.
0: Um, we have seen the remake, and we're going to review that as well, but I want to start with what you thought of the original film with Goldie Hahn.
1: Well, I actually really liked it. Like, you don't really see all the psychotic things he's doing to her. You just think, oh, like she's entitled, she deserves this, whatever. But then when you really get into it, you're like, wow, she's his slave? He is, he is just not, (laughs) like, even in the beginning, he kind of tries to have sex with her, and she's like, no, like, that's not, and he's like, fine, whatever. And then by the end of it, they have sex, but it's because she thinks that they're married and in love, and he basically tricks her, which is pretty much rape like it's it's it's, it's, it it's, it's rape it's right it, it uh, is right it's a like a mind a mind rape and <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it, it really is i mean that's a good i've never heard anybody refer to it as a mind rape but that that is what he does to her he gaslights her um i think it's interesting cuz this is this in, it's an enduring romantic comedy classic that people really love like if you go get your hair done at dry bar it's one of the romantic comedies they put on it's one people love Reese Witherspoon talks about how much she loves this film and her original email address was overboard at aol.com I mean people love this movie and when you watch it now with uh through the lens of of today's eyes we we think okay you know, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, they are so cute together. He's adorable, but he's really awful to her. And the amount of awful that she is to him goes so far as a viewer that you can sort of accept, okay, you know, this is what he's doing to get back. I don't know the first go-round that he really is trying to have sex with her. I think he knows he's he's basically trolling her, you know, like he knows that she's not going to want that and he's like, oh, no boom boom tonight, you know, and he's, he's just having such a good time at her expense. We did it on the first date. Well, I couldn't call it a date, really. We just did it right there in the parking lot of the 7-Eleven. I'm a slut. Huh? Nothing. Uh, oh, oh. Oh. Oh, oh,
1: Hey i a little drunk tonight, baby, so, you know, it might take me a while to get there. <laughs> oh, what? No
0: boom-boom? Oh,
1: boom? Uh, hey, I understand. You probably just want to go right to sleep and skip the fun stuff, huh?
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you. No boom-boom. There's moments like he just is going too far, like the scene where she's catatonic and that he just dumps her into this water, uh, I don't, you know, water bin or I don't even know what that is. (laughs) I don't know what vat of water. I think it
1: was meant for horses because I saw they did that Back to the Future when like Doc passed out from having one shot of alcohol.
0: I've never known anyone having an open vat of water at their (laughs) house, but anyway, he puts her in into this, you know, tub or whatever, and and it's just it just feels like it's going too far. But the moment. For me, where I'm like, okay, I can accept all the rest of it. But the moment where they have a real connection and then they have sex, you know, and she's doing this all under the pretense that this is her husband, that these are her children, that this is her family, and this is her life. And even though they had a sweet, touching moment, it doesn't justify them having sex, you know, at this point in time because he's, she's, he's tricked her. And that is a recurring trope really of 1980s films. I mean that where guys trick women into having sex with them and we as viewers are just kind of brought along to be like oh boys will be boys, you know, whether it's in um Revenge of the Nerds, which you haven't seen yet, so I'm not going to spoil it, but we'll just say something happens at the end of the film involving a gorilla suit, uh where someone's tricked in uh, where one of the lead female characters is tricked into having sex. I mean, this occurs over and over in eighties films and it's so revolting to watch it now. What's even more interesting about the 1987 original is that it was written by a woman.
1: Well, I think what, they, they have uh, a thing with her husband where when she has amnesia and they don't know who she is, her husband goes in and sees that that's his wife and then was like, you know what, I don't really want to be with her so I'm just going to leave her there and just hopefully, she never remembers. And he leaves and just parties and obviously cheats on her. It's kind of like a mind rape in that sense, like I was saying. But at the same time, it's not totally rape because they had a connection and she wanted, like, obviously he wouldn't done it if she didn't want
0: to. Well, right, but but the, but <laughs>
1: But it still crosses the line a little bit where you're just kind of like, eh.
0: I mean it's it's sort of the same idea in a way of Beauty and the Beast and why we now look at Beauty and the Beast and we have problems with it because it's like yes they fell in love but they fell in love because he forced her to be his prisoner he and they and he forced her to spend this time together and then they fell in love I guess and so it's kind of the same thing she does she's not aware he's been torturing her the whole time
1: Bringing me here and making me a wife and a mother, and.
0: Why did you do that? Why? I know why.
1: You're that sweaty carpenter who hates me. And these are your children, and you made me believe.
2: Oh,
0: God. You tricked me. You used me. It's no, there's no justification for him tricking her into having sex. Now, the way, I mean, and by the way, they, they do this right because Grant is off calivanting with other women as well and we it's implied he's cheating on her and so, you know, it's tit for tat, I guess, in a way. But it's not. It's not. Now, I thought it was interesting the way they handle it in the remake uh, because in the remake with Anna Ferris and Eugenio Derbez, uh, they have him be single. And she's, um, you know, so we've got two single people. And in the very beginning, when she brings him home the first night and he's the amnesiac in the, in the remake, they flip the genders on it he is waiting for at the end of the night and he's you know got his eyebrows raised like let's go and she's like well you don't remember me right and he's like yeah and she's like so you would have sex with a perfect stranger and he's like yep and she's like and you're okay with that and he's like yep so when they get to that moment in the movie they've kind of cleared any concerns we might have because we knew he was willing to have sex with her not knowing her (laughs) and so it's okay now what did you think of the remake compared to the original
1: well, the I feel like a part of why the original was so good is number one, it's a really unique storyline. Like that's like who would come up with that? I don't know, not me. And also, the acting was just like really good. Like even in the original, he, yeah, in the mm-hmm. original, it was just like really good. But in the remake, like I love Anna Faris, but like. The acting was not that great, and it just, it was funny, and it was cute, and it's something I don't regret watching, but at the end of it, I'm kind of like, that wasn't, like, the best movie, but, you know, what remakes are,
0: so... I, I feel, I feel two things were missing. So, I think that the reason that Overboard, which, by the way, did not get good reviews when it was released in 1987, and... Uh, Did not make a mint of money. It did okay. Didn't do great. Um, it's, It's a cult classic, one that has gained popularity. But I think why it endures and why we love it is the chemistry between Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And it's interesting because it didn't do well that th- they had made um, swing shift before this and that's where they had sort of remet and ignited their relationship and so it, I I had read that it basically ended that idea of them ever working together again because it was a flop <laughs> but the reason we love it is because they have such a great chemistry whether they're zinging at each other which you know they're having so much fun you know you know Goldie Hawn is having so much fun playing this awful arrogant person and he's having so much much fun like torturing her and I think that's part of why we accept it because we can see how much like that they're enjoying it and we know what the truth is the difference with Anna Ferris and Eugenio Derbez is that they are both great comedic actors, but they don't have chemistry together. It doesn't. It doesn't really work. You don't see them as a couple. It's hard to buy. And something else I can't really explain. Uh, I have to just say it's the directing or the editing because I think they're really good actors, and there's probably a way that it could have been pulled off, but it just it just didn't. I mean, the original Overboard's directed by Gary Marshall, who was at the beginning of his film directing career, but he he. Obvi- I mean, he he's obviously had a long uh career and he's very good at at what he does um so i think that's part of the reason why um any other revisions that you saw in the remake that you thought was a, was a good way for them to handle it
1: well in the origi- or not <laughs> well in the original um basically he kind of kidnaps her um because she owed him money and that was basically it like he just kind of needed like help around the house didn't feel like doing it was like you know what you're gonna repay me by doing all this work for me but with Anna Ferris or in the remake it's more of it, it's it's still like oh he owes me money but it's more of I need to study and focus on my career and I need him to get money for me
0: mm-hmm. because I
1: I don't have time. Yeah. So like it's just it's it's a weird kind of like I don't like how they did that cuz it's kind of like all about her and in the original it's kind of like well she's helping out my family and she's you That's know cleaning the point. house and she's being their actual mom and I have and I have to make the money and I can't watch them all the time. Right. And but she doesn't want him to watch her kids.
0: I think that that is a really good point that I haven't seen anyone else make, which is, um, yeah, you know, in fact, it brings up another point. A lot of people have now now looking through today's eyes think that overboard is really sexist because Joanna doesn't have children. She's, you know, whether she wants one or not, her mother's like, Oh, well, if you have a baby, then you won't be the baby anymore. And sort of as if all women who choose not to have children are just because they want all the attention doted on them, and that's why, and that he forces her into this, you know, domestic environment because that's where women belong and that once she discovers that oh, she's turned around and so some people are really, like a lot of people have a sexist issue with it I have to tell you, I didn't have that problem because I think they present it well that he's overwhelmed, he's having to work multiple jobs his wife died, he has four kids and you know, it's kind of uh, it's, you know, again being the dumb dad who doesn't know how to handle his children, that doesn't really play in 2018 but in 1987 Yeah. I mean, I think that not only plays, there was a lot of truth in it. Um, So I don't think there was anything wrong with that. And what's more, my own story is that before I had your older brother, which I had him very young, but I was like the person who'd be like, why would you bring a baby on a plane? Who brought this baby to a restaurant? You know, they are so selfish. They're such horrible people. And then, and could never see myself being a mom. And then getting pregnant very young having a baby and have it changed my whole point of view and once i had a child then i was like oh all those motherly feelings came to me and that is the life that i wanted so i actually relate to the original so i think that the the new one trying to switch it like that i also appreciate that in the remake They make sure that, because the idea is how do you bring this man in to take care of your kids, who's a stranger, we'd all be like, no, yeah, (laughs) that's not happening. Bad things are going to happen, and they acknowledge that. And they also acknowledge the fact that um, Anna Ferris's character is kidnapping him and committing crimes to to do it.
1: But she's like, you know what? (laughs) I have no money. I'm about to be evicted, and it's all his fault for losing, like, three grand.
0: So... And, yeah. and she has a friend who encourages her, and I think we're all guilty of making good decisions day to day, but then we have a friend, and the friend's like, no, you should do this, and you're like, really? And they're like, yeah, and then you go, okay.
1: Well, in the original, <laughs> like he kind of had that too, though.
0: Well, so do you recommend the 1987 Overboard, and do you recommend the 2018 Overboard?
1: I recommend the original um, cause I just think it's super unique and it's just like a weird storyline and it's just, it's just really cool. I mean, the amnesia
0: is, is something that happens only in movies, very little in real life. Oh, but that reminds me, the idea for this film actually comes from a true story.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I don't know about him, some, the woman being tricked, but it did originate from a woman who washed up ashore on the Florida coast with amnesia. And that's where a uh, studio head or somebody was, was like, this is an idea. They hired Leslie Dixon to do it. She thought it was hokey to do the amnesia thing. But she they were hiring her to write a script, so she wrote a script.
1: Obviously, amnesia is in a lot of movies. But the way they played it out is what I'm saying is why it's unique. And also, amnesia is just also pretty unique anyways. But the um, remake, I don't know. I just did not like it that much. I was kind of disappointed because it was Anna Faris. And I really like her. But, w- there's here's another thing. In the, in the original, her husband leaves her. And, you know, there's kind of like the, oh, like, we could just get a divorce. But in the remake, it's his sister that tells his dying father that he's dead. Mm-hmm. So that makes it pretty messed up. It kind of goes next level to where his dad is literally about to die. And she comes... With just ashes from a barbecue. And it's like, oh, here's your son. He's dead. And he's not.
0: I think, you know, I think the reason they did that is that without her, there's no villain. Because Grant is the villain in the original, the the husband. And because they made Eugenio Derbez's character single, this rich playboy, they had to make someone... The villain.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that's yeah. another factor that's kind of like wow, your your family. It's like Snow White and her stepmother. So every kind of like that.
0: So every feminist effort they make in doing the gender flip is totally negated <laughs> by the fact that at the end of the day, Anna Ferris is doing it for her 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 needs to just get the studying done so she can get the career that she wants, and the fact that the evil sister lies to the family so that she can be named head of the board. Again, you sympathize with her because she should be, but yeah. She is but then you, when she it takes it too far, and when she tells everyone he's dead, <laughs> yeah, our dying father, and leaves him behind and at if the hospital. Father
1: actually died in it. Like, how would she feel if he's alive and they eventually found him? I think she
0: would feel fine. I think she, I, if she already had the job, his
1: dad is dead, and like they all believed he was dead, and he comes back. He's like, "Where's Poppy? <laughs> like, I don't know." <laughs>
0: So I think that what we've arrived at is...
1: They're equally messed up in their own ways.
0: But we're going to go with the 80s movie.
1: Yeah, because 80s movies are just better general.
0: This is 80s Movie (laughs) Guide, a guide to what's wrong with your parents. And I'm Tara McNamara.
1: And I'm Riley Roberts. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 80s Movie Guide. And we'll see you next time on our podcast. Please subscribe. (laughs)
2: World, you just call me, and I'll be there for you. We belong together, you know it's true, cause there's something special about Till the day I die special